Hi everyone, this is Marsha, and I'm the director and founder of the Brooklyn Caribbean Literary Festival. I'm thrilled and elated to announce the birth and launch of our brand new podcast, CocoPod. Consider the aromatic CocoPod and how, after carefully ripening under the Caribbean sun, it generously offers up its rich fruit in due season. CocoPod by BCLF aims to provide a similar delight. Each episode is a seed, a nugget of an original Caribbean story told in the voice of its writer. Each story, an infinite gift by the offshoot of an ancient griot tradition. As a whole, Caribbean stories are like a mighty tree whose branches extend, offering shade and comfort wherever her children settle. From my team and the legion of Caribbean writers behind us, we bring to you the warmest of welcomes. Hi, my name is Alaki Pilgrim and I'm the author of Zoe and the Forest of Secrets, a Caribbean fantasy sci-fi adventure set on the northeast coast of Trinidad, uh, where two children, Zoe Joseph and Adri Khan, have secret powers and they find themselves being chased in nature by strange creatures and dangerous adults who are after them and their gifts. It's from an amazing publisher in the UK called Knights Of, who are run by women of color and who won the British Book Award uh, Children's Book Publisher of the Year this year in 2022. Zoe and the Forest of Secrets. My heart jumped in my chest. As if talking spiders weren't enough, this one was different from the others. It had a mechanical leg made of silver metal complete with gears and joints, with pinchers on the end of it like a crab. I stared, blinked, and stared again. The leg was still there. The spider moved up my side to my shoulder, whirring and creaking all the way. I could see now that one of its eyes was red and shining like an electric light. It clicked in and out of its head on the end of what looked like a tiny telescope. The spider's other eyes were scarred, sightless, two of them covered by an eye patch. What madness was this? I wriggled and tried to scream, but my mouth and body were wrapped in webs like an unfinished Egyptian mummy. Calm down, Gilly, the spider ordered, in no way calming me down. You never seen a robotic arm? Or is my pretty eye got you shaking in your boots? The others laughed. I had to be dreaming. This spider sounded like an old pirate woman who had sailed the wild and restless sea. I blinked hard, trying to wake myself up, but it was still there. We got to get going, Captain Peg, one of the spider crew murmured respectfully. It was wearing a pink beret covered in medals. There was a chorus of mm-hmm's and yeses all around. Stay busy and mind your manners, you scurvy landlubbers, the spider with the metal leg growled. Where were they taking me next? I squirmed hard, trying to get loose. The other spiders mumbled and complained, but they hurried to obey, checking the webs that held me tight. 
cap and peg nestled into the twists of my hair, scanning the forest and sky as if on the lookout for something or someone. I jumped when she whispered in my ear, the boss say to follow the river and don't trust people you don't know. This is the last message she could send you, you hear? Mm-mm-mm. I stared at her wildly trying to talk. She rolled her one good eye. Child, she sighed softly. Stick break in your ears? The fur on her legs tickled my face horribly. I tried not to move. Say nothing about this, she went on, as you love your life. Remember, those who care here will feel. She stared me down with her laser beam eye. I nodded. Then she reached her metal pincher toward my face and yanked the webbing from my mouth. In that second, the spider sliced the webs covering my body, cutting me loose. I was free. Okay, so in this reading, Zoe and Adri find themselves in a trap. Shh, Adri whispered, pointing downwards. I looked down slowly. Beneath us was a pit full of darkness and foul smells. At its base, I could see the flesh skinner, lit by a few standing torches surrounded by a pile of cracked bones. Its white skin was slick with phosphorant slime, its huge head and jaws resting on its front teeth. Its misshapen body expanded and contracted with each breath. It was sound asleep. I fought the urge to throw up. My head reeled as the cave spun around me. So, I could barely hear Adri's whispers, but they were as calming as the sound of the surf in Salmon Bay, the place I'd refused to call home. What I wouldn't give to be back there now. You trust me? Adri asked. The room righted itself slowly. I drew a hand across my face. It came back streaked with tears and dirt. Sitting in his gently swaying net, Adri pulled a small sharp knife out of his shoe. From Yara's kitchen, he smiled. I wasn't impressed. To the flesh skinner, that knife was nothing but a toothpick. Adri pointed upward. A metal hook attached to a short length of thickly woven rope hung my net from the stone ceiling above. His net was hung in the same way. There in the ceiling between our two hooks was a square wooden hatch like a trap door. If we could get to that door, maybe we could get out of here. I looked down at the flesh skinner breathing loudly at the bottom of the pit. We'll fall, I moaned softly. No, we won't, Adri shook his head. It's the only way. He was already cutting into his net, slicing carefully to make a hole big enough for him to get through without splitting it open and sending him sprawling into the pit below. When he was done, he looked at me. I'll throw it, he said. No, if I missed and the knife went clattering down, I'm not doing this. There was no point. Where would we go once we got out? Who knew what else was waiting for us up there? You go, I said flatly. 
Stop it, Audrey shook his head. I'm not leaving me the way I left you. I smiled at him grimly. That night you couldn't move, I admitted, staring straight at him. I didn't even try to distract them. I didn't even try. It wasn't your fault, Audrey murmured through the gloom. He shook his head. I'm not leaving you. As a bonus in this week's episode, we have a Q&A between Kai Mohammed and Alaki. Kai is an avid BCLF reader who lives in Brooklyn, New York. Zoe and the Forest of Secrets is one of his favorite middle grade level Caribbean books. He was overjoyed for the opportunity to ask Alaki, the book's writer, some of the many burning questions he had about the thrilling adventures of her characters. Listen now as Kai and Alaki hold court to chop shop about the story and possible future plans for her brave and plucky characters. Kala and Yar are siblings who love each other deeply. They share the same power to shapeshift, although it manifests differently. It was really sad to experience Kala's death. And I was wondering if their story has a deeper meaning than what you've written about. Does their connection or story have a deeper meaning? Yes. So, in my mind, Yara and Kala actually have a pretty huge backstory outside of the book. Maybe one day I'll get to write a story that's all about them and how they came to be. But in Zoe, Yara has the ability to change her shape to mimic and look like other human beings. And Kala had the ability, before the council got to her and messed with her, she had the ability to change into other animals, you know, and creatures. Now, in my mind, their backstory involves them being alive many, many, many years ago, centuries ago, um, back when there was enslavement. And actually, uh, the person who was in charge of their plantation, he is someone who has powers or had powers. And he's the one who actually uh, gave them their powers, not in a very um, generous or kind way, but actually in the context of trying to keep them um, under his control. So they have an amazing story where this, as sisters and with their mom, they manage to get out of that situation and fight for their freedom. So that's part of my backstory to these two sisters. Zostad is a character in the book, although we've never met him. We learn about him through Zoe's memory, and she has fond recollections of him in the United States. Are you thinking about giving him a bigger part in the story in book two? So I love that Zoe's dad resonated with you because I really wanted to make a strong and a close love between Zoe and her dad. I know that um, not everybody's grown up around their dad, but sometimes we have this one person in our lives, whoever they are, in our family or in our extended family, who we're really close to. We feel like they get us. And I feel like that's how Zoe feels about her dad. And yes, I definitely want him to reappear again in other books in the series um, and maybe surprise us. Maybe we get the chance to find out things about him that Zoe herself doesn't even know right now in book one. And will the ship return in Audrey's head? That's a great question. I think that the ship and the council's technology is definitely going to come back to haunt Zoe and to haunt Adri. I mean, at the end of Zoe and the Forest of Secrets, we learn, I don't want to give it away, but um, it definitely ends on a cliffhanger where we are dying to know what's going to happen with Adri and are he and Zoe ever going to be reunited again. So I would say tune in for book two to find out 
if Zoe and Adri meet each other again and how they do and what they do to get even or to get free of the council and their technology. There's a lot of action, new beginnings, and different things happening at the same time in this book. To appreciate the story, it seems like the reader has to accept the things that are occurring, just as they are, and not let their feelings about it overtake them. An example was when Audrey was returning to the zoo to find his parents. That could make a reader really angry, but if you think about it, you would understand that he did it because he probably misses his parents and haven't seen them in a long time. Things aren't what they seem either. People who seem to be helping, but don't. And vice versa. Are you trying to teach children a bigger lesson, and what is that lesson? I'm guessing that lesson's about teamwork, but I'd like to know what you meant. You know, I think a really uh, interesting and important part of life is empathy. And many people have spoken about how sometimes reading and books can help you develop empathy and an understanding for someone's life that is really different from yours or someone's choices or experiences that might be really different from your own. And that is definitely something that reading and writing have done and continue to do for me. And I think it's so important. I mean, I don't think we have to always agree with someone to be able to empathize with them and give them the privilege, <laughs> the right of being um, equally human to us. So I may disagree with somebody's choice, but I have an understanding that they are a human being like me. And therefore, um, I, I have that kind of compassion and um, I give them that kind of space. Um, the other thing is uh, my own experience. So uh, I did, Zoe and Adri go through a kind of traumatic experience at times in the forest, encountering this strange new world of creatures and uh, the council and their mysterious plans. And in my own life, uh, my son, my little one, was born extremely ill. And it was just such a strange journey because you realize that very often in the middle of something very shocking and very difficult, you may not have time to process all your emotions. You may feel like you're going from thing to thing to thing. And it feels like that sometimes in the book for Zoe as well, like you're just rushing from thing to thing and just trying to survive. And only after you come out, if if like in my case, um, God miraculously healed my, my little one, and which I mean was a total uh, shock and huge surprise to me and my his doctors and those around us. But um, yeah, only in coming out of the experience, then bit by bit, I've had time and space to process how I felt, how I feel, and how he may have felt, and how he um, may continue to feel about what we experienced. So sometimes feelings take time. And it's good, you know, to give ourselves that space to feel. Even if we can't do it in the moment, it's good to take some time afterward and give ourselves that space to feel. I do love this idea of teamwork as well, though. And I think maybe I'll put it this way, that Maya Angelou once said in a poem, nobody but nobody makes it out here alone. And I think that... Um, it's good for us to feel independent and to learn to take care of our responsibilities as we grow up, but we always need each other, you know, and I think Zoe uh, really discovers that even though she's very strong, she is capable in many ways, 
I think she learns and certainly Aji also learns that we we need each other. We need people. We need friends. We need help sometimes, you know, and that's okay. So yeah, thank you so much for these amazing questions and the chance to talk with you. It's it's been a joy. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to follow CocoPod and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss new stories when they drop. One last thing. Caribbean stories and Caribbean writers need our help. Show your support by sharing and downloading this podcast as far and as widely as you can. Buy their books, support independent bookshops, and request Caribbean titles from your local libraries. Remember that a rising tide lifts all ships. Give thanks. For more Caribbean storytelling goodness, follow Coco Pod and BCLF Always Lit on all major podcast platforms. <laughs>